Wednesday night Bible study, and uh, I want to start off by just having a word of prayer. Typically, we would be gathered on a Wednesday night and uh, have time to go prayer list and review some things, and it's kind of a preliminary uh, prayer time before we come together on Sunday night to pray and keep each other updated on what's going on. And tonight, we do have uh, uh, some prayer requests, uh, but since we're broadcasting this live, uh, I want to I'm just going to ask that you go into your email if you're a member of HBF and open up the file that uh, has our prayer list. And you'll see several uh, names that will have asterisks next to them. And uh, if you could uh, just remember to pray. Those are the newest uh, additions to our prayer list. Um, uh, Leela Burton has added um, someone and uh, that's having an issue with leukemia. And uh, one that I will mention that I know is okay to mention uh, in a broad way is uh, uh, Josie Blake. Josie Blake, uh, you might remember, just a little over a year ago was diagnosed with cancer, and she's going through treatments. And I, I'd really ask that you pray for Josie. Um, she is uh, in a situation right now where she's um, going into maintenance, and uh, they're having a hard time getting her blood counts where they need to be. So we want to pray that Josie would be able to, um, you know, her, that her blood counts would get where they need to be. They are considering a uh, you know, some treatment, uh, bone marrow, uh, uh, test, I think it is. And, uh, she doesn't want that. So just pray that God continues to get her immune system where it needs to be. Uh, there'll be other infirmities. And, uh, also there's a couple bereavements. Uh, remember Sherry Stovall, she's bereaved at the passing of her grandmother. And then, uh, uh my, uh, cousin, uh, Mike Hinch has passed away last night of, uh, cancer. So, couple things going on in the body of Christ. If you're joining us tonight, this is, uh, I'm not catering this uh, message so much to the world at large. I'm catering to HBF. I don't know. Do we have any HBF folks logging on at this time? Okay. So they're giving me the signal that there are folks coming online. And if you're coming online, um, I'm just going to pick up Bible study and uh, do Bible study like we'd normally do it tonight. So as people come online, if they have questions, um, we can pause as I'm notified from the booth and they can ask your questions if you have any as we go through our text. Uh, before I get into all of that, though, I just want to just want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, some of the things going on here at HBF this week. Um, I think obviously everyone knows there's been another uh, order uh, set forth by both the governor, uh, Mike Parsons, and then uh, Cass County Health Department. And uh, so I have some bad news and some good news uh, to share with you. And uh, and the good news, the bad. Let's start with the. Do we want the good news or the bad news first? I think we'll start with. Let's start with the bad news. The bad news is um, due to the new order. Obviously, the uh, implication is um, that uh, uh, you know we need all, all need to stay home, and so uh, unless we're in some sort of essential operation, whether it be at work or even in the ministry. Uh, so at HBF, what we're going to do uh, from henceforth is do all services virtually, uh, education included. Uh, and so the ABF uh, pattern that we had Sunday where we had, you know, 10 per room, which we did according to the, the guidelines, and that worked out really well for both the people that were watching on live stream and the people who got that that more of a personal contact. Of course, we're doing all the precautions with the checking the temperatures and making sure we keep our safe distances and all of that. Uh, that worked really good. But under the uh, the current uh, um, order, we feel like it's probably better. I think it's a better idea just to go ahead and do virtual services, uh, you know, for the next several weeks until uh, this relaxes a little bit, um, because that's the intent of the of the um, 
the order. And I spoke to the health department about that and uh, they confirmed that as well. And so uh, we'll have a good testimony with the powers that be. Conversely, that's the ba- oh, so that's the bad news. So uh, some of you really were uh, really exercised and I really appreciate that about assembling physically together on the first day of the week. Um, and so uh, uh, that unfortunately is gonna have to become virtual. Um, and I do have some concerns. I will make, uh, you know, we, there are, if you just absolutely don't have the technology, you won't be getting this message. So we'll reach out to anybody that uh, doesn't have that kind of capability and do our best to make sure they get the, the messages. Um, uh, and, and before I get to the, the good news, I do want to mention some other good news, which is uh, the, uh, that we, uh, we do have uh, on our website now on the cover, you can hit Week in Review. Uh, it's right. It's scrolling right across the HBF Cast website, and you can go to all the links for all the ABFs uh, for all the sermons from the previous week. Uh, and so uh, those are all listed there. You can also sort through the listen section on our webpage and try to find them as well there. They're not quite as easy to find there. So, and some of them won't be there if they're just live feeds off of, of uh, Facebook or what have you. So, all of that's going to be there for you now, and uh, we'll try to keep that updated every week so you have access to the feeds in case you missed a feed or you couldn't find the feed, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or what have you, we'll try to make all that available uh, so you can get a hold of that. Um, and so uh, another thing I want to mention that's good news that uh, I'm excited about is the opportunity to celebrate the Lord's Supper. So uh, we are going to be able to celebrate the Lord's Supper. I was uh, so encouraged uh, this week uh, in regard to that because uh, I wasn't sure that that would be something that would give the right impression to the powers that be and uh, if we gathered together uh, and did that. Now, let me tell you how we're going to do that. That uh, As many as want to uh, or feel safe can do this. If you don't, if you're definitely at risk, of course, continue the home self-quarantine. Um, but we're going to, what we're going to do is, is gather in the parking lot. And on Sunday, it's going to be a beautiful day, much like this afternoon is, is uh, the way it's projected. Maybe just a little cooler. But we're going to gather in the parking lot here at uh, 5 o'clock p.m. So you'll want to get here, you know, a little early, quarter till. We're going to have a PA system. Uh, we're going to have the elements. We're going to have everything that we need. And the, the elements are going to be, uh, you know, c- assembled in a safe way with gloves and all of that. And they're going to be distributed uh, in that fashion as well. So nobody's touching anyone else's uh, uh, elements. We're not going to do a traditional passing of the the plate in the sense that we normally would and everybody's handling all that. So we will have uh, the ushers, the servers will come to your car and uh, serve to your family. You will take the elements that you need for your car, your family, whoever's with you. uh, And then we'll observe the Lord's Supper in that fashion. So we'll all be together and uh, we'll all be in the parking lot and we'll observe the Lord's Supper. So that'll be a good time. So you want to be here uh, Sunday night. And if you're like me, you're going to want to get out of the house anyway. And so that'll give you a good excuse on a beautiful Sunday afternoon uh, to go to a function. That is, by the way, for those concerned about, you know, the powers that be as I was, they they actually endorse that under the current situation as long as, you know, something doesn't change. So this is something that uh, is not done in secret. So I don't mind announcing it. Uh, and so please uh, be planning to be here if you can on Sunday afternoon to observe the Lord's Supper together. Uh, so you may be asking, because this question comes up, how are we going to do services on Sunday? Because we've had the, the policy for this year, for 2020, was just to let's, uh, let's forgo the ABFs on the fifth Sunday, come together for the Lord's Supper. And, of course, under normal circumstances, that's what we would do. But because circumstances aren't normal and because our fellowship is so necess- necessary and so sweet, 
Um, even though it's virtual, I want the, I've asked the ABF pastors to go ahead and have their classes at nine o'clock as always, even though they're virtual, just like we did last Sunday. Uh, and then we'll have our service on Sunday morning. And then, uh, when you come to the parking lot on Sunday evening, we'll have a brief message, uh, uh before in preparation to receiving the Lord's Supper. So this Sunday we'll have three times to meet. Two of them will be virtual and one of them will be within proximity of one another for those that can attend. I will also add that the, the evening service, um, to my knowledge, uh, will not be, you know, telecasted or videoed or anything like that. So we, uh, doing that in the parking lot would probably be pretty difficult. So, um, uh, so you'll kind of need to be here to be a part of that. Um, so if there's any questions about that, you can, if you're watching on YouTube live or Facebook live, you can put something in the comments and, uh, and they can let me know. And so I got the sound, you know, if you're on a radio program, you got the sound engineers. So I got the sound engineers in the back here. Uh, that can uh, kind of help us out with that. All right. So that's a lot of uh, announcements. And, uh, you know, hopefully after this week, we can just get right into the business at hand. Uh, but I would ask you, uh, before we go to the Lord in prayer and begin Bible study in earnest, uh, just to remember to, to get in your email and grab this, uh, if you're a member of HBF, and uh, grab your uh, prayer list. And uh, on my list, you can see some of those are highlighted. Those are the ones that have been added. Uh, but uh, make sure that you review that and, and pray over those needs and, and those that uh, are bereaved and those that are dealing with cancer. There's some people that just earnestly, uh, they just, all they have now is our prayer. And so we need to be earnest in that. Again, on Sunday nights, just a reminder that we do our, our prayer work on Sunday nights. So uh, I'll be having a service, but we can all in our own homes and what have you continue to pray uh, over those on the prayer list. All right. <clears throat> now, typically at a, at a, at a Wednesday night Bible study, uh, you know, we do a lot of QA and so on and so forth. So um, I do want you to feel welcome, um, you know, to kind of post your comments. I'm going to have the, the sound team in the back uh, looking for comments and what have you. And, and uh, we'll be a little bit more informal tonight. Um, I didn't want to stand behind a pulpit because typically on a Sunday, on a Wednesday night, even though I have a pulpit, it is not my base of operation. I'm much more, uh, you know, interactive with the people down on the floor, talking, walking around, uh, visiting. And so as much as I can, I want to, I want us to do that virtually if at all possible. So what I decided to do tonight is, is, a, uh, pick up a study, uh, that I needed to conclude anyway. And, uh, I thought tonight in the context of all that we've been dealing with, uh, would be a really good thing to kind of focus on as we, uh, as we consider, uh, our need to get the gospel out in these last days. So if you have your Bibles, we turn to the book of Revelation chapter 22. If you're watching live right now, grab your Bible. You'll want to, you will want to open your Bible and be looking at the text tonight. Um, and if you are looking for outlines, uh, I have, uh, in, in front of me here is an outline. I sent, if you're a member of HBF, I just sent you an email with a link to our website where you can find the outline for tonight. You can even find the PowerPoint for tonight if you wanted to follow along with that to get some additional references. But all the reference, I won't necessarily uh, pray. Are there any questions about the Lord's Supper or the logistics of what we're wanting to do with ministry? Because uh, I'd be happy to, you know, get into that before we jump into our time in God's Word. Everything's good. All right. Well, let's go ahead then and uh, have a word of prayer, and uh, and then we'll get into our study, Revelation chapter twenty-two. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time to meet with uh, those from our church family that are watching. I I praise you and thank you for just the access that we have to your throne. Lord, we don't have to have technology. We don't need anything other than you and your spirit to intercede for us. And so we're so thankful, Lord, that you have given us your spirit 
and we are so thankful that you call us, Lord, to come to your throne to pray. And Lord, I just I want to pray for Josie Blake today. Lord, I know that she's uh, battled all year long to overcome the cancer, and she's just at the point um, where she can start to do maintenance, and it seems like another obstacle. So, Heavenly Father, we just go to you tonight in prayer. We pray, God, that you would just uh, get her blood cell counts where they need to be, that her bone marrow would respond the way it needs to respond, that her organs would do what they do, uh, Lord, to produce what she needs so that she can continue to progress and defeat, um, Lord, this cancer uh, that has attacked her body. Lord, I'm so thankful for the spiritual work that you've done in her life. And, Lord, there's very there's several other prayer needs uh, on our list uh, that I'm not going to mention out loud today on, on an Internet uh, broadcast. But, Lord, uh, you know what they are, and, and we can read those. And we can be uh, not just sympathetic, but even empathize with these on the list. And there are people that are uh, uh, their hearts are hurt because they've lost loved ones. Lord, we think of Sherry Stovall. And, Lord, we pray for the Stovall family and the and the, those uh, the Brockmeyer family, I believe, that uh, all are related to uh, Sherry's grandmother. Lord, we pray for them as they're bereaved. I pray my own family today is bereaved at the loss of my cousin. And, and Lord, in a time when we're talking about, you know, COVID-19, death is something that's on the minds of people. And Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, that you give us the grace of God, the hope of the gospel. And so we praise, praise you tonight. We ask a blessing on the things that we're going to talk about. We pray, God, that you just continue to encourage us in prayer and in the word studying your word, loving your word, knowing your word, sharing your word, sharing the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ, at such an important time. We just thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, um, tonight, as I said, we're going to be, really, I'm going to conclude a study, which is kind of a strange thing to do at a time like this. But uh, the reason I want to do that is because of the purpose of the study and also because of the purpose of of the book that we were studying. Uh, my intention was actually not to to conclude in this manner, this study, but I was praying about what to come to, to share with you tonight. We've been in the midst of a Bible study on, on basic uh, principles of Bible study, which is a very good study. We may actually continue that in the next couple of weeks. Um, and uh, we also were in the middle of a child-rearing series that we were, uh, you know, we're going to actually postpone. So I know some of you are disappointed in that. I'd like to f- finish that as well. But we thought that would be better for a time where, we, again, we can all get back together physically in one room. And so um, <clears throat> instead of just plowing into my next series, I thought I'm going to go back and tie up some loose ends because this study in the, of the book of Revelation is so important to, uh, you know, really the church age. A lot of times, you know, you're taught that the book of Revelation is a book that you don't need to even look at, um, that it's just a, a series of allegories. Well, that's not true at all. Um, as a matter of fact, in the in the very first pages of the book of Revelation, uh, in chapter one, I just want to read the introduction itself, not my introduction, but what the Lord said about the book of Revelation. Uh, first of all, the, you know, the title in my Bible is the Revelation of St. John the Divine. Uh, and of course, St. John did receive this revelation, but the Bible itself says, the text says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's really important because, um, you know, the book of Revelation is simply the revelation. Uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This has been revealed, uh, and it's Jesus Christ's words is being revealed, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. So if you count yourself as a child of God, uh, you're a servant of God. You know, in Galatians, the Bible speaks of that. A child, as long as he is an heir, as long as he's a child, different nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, 
right? So if you are an heir of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, if you're born again, you are his servant. I'm his servant. And so what God has revealed to us to, uh, through Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ to his servants. So Jesus's revelation becomes our revelation. Uh, and so that's why the, the, the body of Christ should certainly have an understanding of uh, what is in the, the book of Revelation. As a matter of fact, um, of course, I, I've, I did literally kneel down and pray and ask Christ in my heart by observing, you know, the Bible, the simple biblical principles of the Romans road. But it was actually the book of Revelation that God used to stir up my heart at a time of uncertainty, similar like we have today, uh, that was in my heart. Um, I mean, God used revelation to actually convict me of my sin and show me I was a sinner and also exalt Jesus in his proper place. Uh, many times we see Jesus uh, from the, 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 the aspect of the lamb dying on the cross as we ought. But the rea- reality, too, is he is the coming king. He's a lion of the tribe of Judah. And so I know in my heart it did me very, uh, it is very good to see that Jesus Christ came and not only came to die on the cross for my sins, but also will return in judgment. And by the way, since I mentioned in that tonight, um, uh, if anyone cares to know, uh, I know if you go to HBF, it's almost a joke. Most people know that today, March 25th, is my birthday. So I was born again March 25th of 1987. So what's that make me now? 33 years old. And so I'm 33 years old spiritually. But I'm not quite that young, literally. But at any rate, so the reality is, is that uh, it was this book I was I was meditating on uh, that, that God used to convict my heart. Now I didn't understand it; uh, it was full of imagery and, and descriptions that I couldn't, I just couldn't get my head around. But what I did understand is that God was angry about something, and it wasn't. Uh, it was something that I, you know what, uh, was just, and that uh, I knew in my heart that at the end of the day, I couldn't stand before God and justify myself, and I needed something to save me, and that something was Jesus Christ. And I tell you guys, the book of Revelation at a time like this is so important because really the reality is is that if the Lord tarries is coming 10 days or uh, 10 months or 10 years, the catching away of the church, the, 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 coming, of the, the, the coming tribulation period is just around the corner. Uh, we don't know if that means it start, you know, the catching away of the churches tonight and, and, and this seven year tribulation period is going to begin or if it's going to happen in a decade from now. But the reality is, uh, it's coming and it's coming, uh, sooner than many would like to believe. Uh, and so, uh, this is a book that people need to be aware of. It's a book that people, especially, uh, I'm not trying to, you know, get people, uh, stirred up or scare people. Uh, some might think, well, man, Brian, you're, you're causing more problems. I mean, gosh, everybody's already on edge. We should be bringing love. I absolutely believe we should be bringing the love of God. Uh, and as a matter of fact, that's why we have the book of Revelation, so that we can understand the love of God. And that's why tonight I want to get into Revelation chapter 22. So in this text in Revelation uh, chapter 1, I'll just keep going through this introduction. It says, um, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants, that's as far as I got, things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel and unto his servant John, uh, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Now, we'll come back around tonight, uh, Lord willing, if time permits, to verse 2. Uh, but I did. I just want to mention the fact that, um, you know, these things, the Bible promises will come to pass. They'll come to pass in a short time frame, praise the Lord, in a seven-year cycle. Um, but they'll also, 
the, the history of the church has, has transpired soon after this revelation was given to John and Patmos, but also uh, the context of the, the reality, the brevity of this is also uh, a reality. So uh, the thing that I want to just point out before we continue this study is verse 3. One thing that every Christian needs to know about the book of Revelation is what's found in verse 3. And when we started our study many, many, many months ago, I've started, stopped it, paused it. We've had a lot of things happen. But I, I really base uh, the principle of, of the study on Revelation 1, 3 that, that says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. So for all the, the naysayers on the book of Revelation, the Lord Jesus Christ himself is saying to us, Blessed, right? There is a blessing uh, to him that, that readeth, that heareth, I'm sorry, uh, that readeth, first of all, readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. And, and also it says, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. You know, there are some things that we need to be holding on to, holding fast to in these days, and that is, uh, whether it's the epistle of Revelation or the whole counsel of God's Word, we need to be holding fast to these faithful words. I mean, this is a time like no other when we need to be, man, we need to be, we need to be clutching, not our Bibles physically so much, but these things need to be settling down in our heart because of the, the Word of God. And there's a blessing to that. There's a blessing to reading, to hearing, uh, uh, to uh, the, the keeping of the Word of God, the reading and the hearing uh, of the words and keeping them is so important. So may the Lord bless us as we endeavor to do that. All right, so um, sound engineer. I need like a Rush Limbaugh. He always has a, a cute name for the sound guy. I need to come up with that. But anyway, um, if anybody needs to pipe in, just we'll just act like this is a radio talk show. So you could just say, "Hey, there's somebody piping in." Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just kind of review with you a little bit about our study uh, in the Book of Revelation. Um, uh, you know, we're gonna be in chapter uh, 22, and the title tonight is "Eternity Has No Conclusion." And boy, that's a good thing. You know what's going to happen? If you listen to my message last, I think it was last Wednesday, no, it was Sunday night, uh, I shared a story uh, uh, about uh, a situation of war and, and a meeting I was in where one of the senior saints in the room said, Look, listen, this will pass. This is going to pass. And uh, that was a really wise thing. You know, it's, it's sort of like a fist fight. If you've ever seen a, a couple guys go at it, you know, they can get all fired up and, and, and something and, you know, have an intense interaction. But you can only fight so long before you run out of gas. You know, some of the best, most, you know, well-trained guys are going to run out of gas. It's just going to be over. And so uh, eventually, um, you know, these crises that we're in will. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Actually, I should I should back up on that. We only have so much time to share the gospel and then it's over. Uh, my cousin passed today. He was 59 years old. Only He's only nine years. I'll be, I'll be 50 next month. So he's only nine years older than I am. You, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. But if you're born again, man, now is the time to embrace uh, what God is doing in time and share the gospel because we've got eternity uh, to look back on the opportunities that we have today. And I tell you, today is a great opportunity, a time to share the gospel. So um, uh, as we started our study in the book of Revelation, we had a, a purpose and is this going out? This is going out on the web. Okay, so uh, it's to increase our understanding of who God is and intensify our urgency of ministering the gospel in these last days. So, if there's one reason that I, I wanted to just kind of circle back and and kind of put a punctuation point on our time that we've had in the Book of Revelation, you can go back and listen to all 53 sermons if you'd like. But uh, 
But it's just to go back to the very essence of why we're doing it in the first place. It's to increase our understanding who God is. That's why God gave us the revelation of not not Genghis Khan, not Buddha, uh, you know, not Allah. That's a different. That's a different God ministering the gospel in these last days. That's been the purpose from the first day until now. So as we study this book, as we wrap up, really the concluding thoughts of this book. Um, I just wanted to just kind of recircle or circle back around so we could remember what we were doing. Now, let me run you through a quick overview since we're not going to have time to get into the whole book today. Uh, and there's 53 sermons, as I've mentioned, you can go back and, and, uh, study if you want. The three chapters are written to the seven churches, uh, that were historically in Asia Minor. And they're also, uh, uh, I believe, and we teach around here, they're also, um, a pattern for the last seven or 2000 years of church history. So you can look at those churches, and you can see by looking back, uh, the seven churches represent the seven church ages leading up to the Church of Laodicea, which is the period in which we're in right now. Uh, and so we looked at that. In chapters 4 and 5, we see that John a door opens, and John is caught up, and he is before the throne. In Revelation 6, we have the first look at the tribulation, and the seven seals are open. In Revelation chapter 7, there's a parenthesis in time of the 144,000, are, are called. And a lot of people, when we think about the, the tribulation, all the glory goes to Satan and the mark of the beast and everybody's scared of 666 and that man, the number of a man and all of that. But the reality is there's also 144,000 Jewish uh, tribulation uh, uh, saints that are going to be incredible preachers. They're going to be like the apostle Paul uh, and God's going to, God's going to use them in a mighty way. Uh, there'll be uh, uh, there'll be representation, 12,000 from every tribe. So it's going to be an incredible uh, representation. Then we see in Revelation 8 through 11, a second look at the tribulation through the seven trumpets. And and so we've covered, oops, we covered that. And then uh, in the Revelation 12 through 14, there's a third look at the tribulation. And I've titled that the seven personages. And then uh, in Revelation uh, 15 through 19 is the fourth look uh, with the opening of the seven vials, which comes toward the end of the tribulation, but you get different aspects. Uh, as uh, Pastor Greg Axe put it, it's like a, it's a four color print, right? So you got to line everything up and everything in the book of Revelation really is lined up around what's called the second coming, or you might hear the term the second advent, but the coming of Christ. Uh, sometimes we, we call people think that, that we, especially in the church, we call the coming of Christ. We're often, uh, speak of that in regards to, uh, um, the rapture of the church, the coming of the Lord Jesus to catch the church away. And that is part of the, the coming of Christ. But his coming to this earth, literally, physically, to establish his kingdom uh, is mentioned in all four of those different um, aspects, all those views of the book of Revelation. And you see everything revolves around that epic event when Jesus comes back, literally in a day, uh, to turn over the leadership of the world, uh, take back that to himself, uh, put down the forces of the Antichrist, and literally uh, establish a thousand-year day, what we call the millennial day, the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which brings me to where we have been uh, prior to this in Revelation chapter 20 and 22, 20 through 22. Um, I'll just back up because I'm only going to talk about 21 and 22 tonight. Revelation chapter 20 then deals with, um, after Jesus comes back, what happens with Satan and the thousand-year period of time and all of those things and uh, for tonight, I'm not going to get into all that. Again, you can go back and listen to that in some detail um, on the Internet if you would like to. So <clears throat> that gives us somewhat of an overview. But uh, Revelation chapter 20 through 22 deals with what we call the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ, and then after that, which is uh, eternity. 
And so uh, just, uh, that, that, are, that occur in Revelation chapter uh, uh, 21. In Revelation 21, there's a new heaven and a new earth. Um, I'm just reviewing what I've got. And, and there's a new heaven, there's a new earth, then there's a new city. There's a new Jerusalem. Uh, refers to that, he says, Jerusalem above, which is the mother of Jerusalem, a new city. Uh, the footprint of that, if you go back and listen to the sermon I have, is massive. Uh, this is going to be an incredible thing to see. Uh, and then there is, uh, there are going to be new nations. Um, there is going to be life after the tribulation. There's going to be life after the millennium. So eternity is something that we need to be looking forward to, which is one of the reasons as we consider increasing our understanding of who God is and, and uh, intensifying our urgency of sharing the gospel in these last days. One of the things that should encourage us in doing that is looking forth to eternity. Again, I started off by showing you in Revelation chapter 1 uh, in verse 3 and 4 there that there is a, there's a blessing to this book. Why? It helps give us the kind of the fuel in our tank so that we can go forward in faith. You know, Jesus in, Revel- in Hebrews uh, chapter 12 speaks to how he, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. What did he do? He looked for the things ahead. He looked on the things ahead. And, uh, and so there's a lot for us to look forward to. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. There's a new city. There's a, a new nations. Uh, and then, then um, there's a new river. And I remember teaching on this. I took some time to talk about this, and I, don't, I, I wish I had time to talk further about it tonight. I'll, I'm going to touch on it a little bit here in a minute, Lord willing. Uh, but that is a cool, just the new river that comes out of Jerusalem. There's a new opportunity to take the tree of life in Revelation 22 and verse 2, and and then there is a new throne. These new things that come in Revelation chapter 22 and verses 2 and verses 3 and 4 that we have listed on the screen. Pause right there. Is there any? Are there any questions uh, coming in right now? Do I need to answer anything, tie up any loose ends? No, nobody's watching. <laughs> Got a lot of people watching. Well, praise God. All right, <clears throat> I better I better be on my best behavior then, huh? I better not get too uh, too casual up here. Um, all right, so if you have your Bibles, let's just look over verses. Uh, I'm going to read uh, verses one through six, and I'm just going to kind of break these down as we go. Um, you know, uh, because there's some things here that. That uh, I, I have, I only have so much time uh, to get into today, um, and so I want to start in the first five verses of the text. It says in verse one, "And he showed me a pure river of water of life." I mentioned this a minute ago. This crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb and the Lamb. On Revelation twenty-two, verse one, verse two, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the life, which bear twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Now remember, verse 3, his servants shall serve him. We, we are also servants. Verse 4, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And, and there shall be no night there, and they, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Man, I tell you, that's an that's an incredible passage right there. So let's just let's just review a little bit about these first five verses 
see how far we get because I know how these things go. I might get a little sidetracked, but um, I want you to take some notes. If you have a, a note sheet, I'm going to give you some references that are not that we're not going to have time to cover that you can go back to the previous sermon uh, that I did on this. I think it was 52 or 3, whichever. You can go to the Revelation study on our listen page and pick it up. And you can go back, and I would encourage you to listen to that sermon because I'll get into I get into a lot more detail in that message. But um, point A, uh, we're going to look at the final look, and uh, and the first thing we see in the final look is this river of life. This river of life comes up, and uh, you know Billy Joel sung about a river of life. I don't know if he knew what he was talking about, but uh, in the Bible, this is the river of life uh, that is going to be available in the both in the millennial temple and in um, eternity. So the river of water of life, it's an incredible thing. So uh, just some verses that you might want to mark down for further reading uh, is Ezekiel 47 verses 1 through 5. Ezekiel 47 verses 1 through 5. And I don't think I have those included. Uh, yeah, I don't have those included in this text. So let me just kind of uh, mention that. Also, Zechariah 14 uh, seven through nine. In both of those passages, that's Ezekiel 47, one through five and Zechariah 14, seven through nine. They, they feeds out of the temple. Um, and that's incredible. You know, in the Sunday school classes, we sing deep and wide, deep. I don't want to sing on camera here, but deep and wide. And we, we go into that. And, uh, that's really what we're talking about. There's this little trickle of water that comes out of the, um, the millennial temple it was just a, it was just a picture of what's going to be like in eternity. And this water just, just, it starts real small and then it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and wider and wider in the, and it goes on and it heals literally the waters of the nations or the world, I should say. Uh, and so God uses that to, to really heal the earth after the tribulation. It flows both toward the Mediterranean and uh, across the desert um, of Saudi Arabia today. And it goes to both the East and the West. So that's something that we can look forward to at the coming of Christ in Revelation 19. You remember when Jesus comes to this earth, the whole topography of the earth will be changing. Right now, the earth is groaning, uh, and, and it will continue to do so, waiting for the coming of the Lord. There'll be earthquakes. And Jesus mentioned all that in Revelation or in Matthew 24 of all those things that will be going on, even among the creation. And, uh, um, we know that the even creation is groaning, waiting for our manifestation of the sons of God as we'll be changed. Peter talks about from the inside out at the rapture, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings, Malachi chapter four. But we, the Bible tells us that the day star, right, is going to arise in our hearts. And so I think if they're catching away the church, that literally Jesus is just going to burn right through this carcass, change us in an instant, just like that. And we'll be transformed. So all of creation is just waiting for both uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus at the, in the revelation 19 and just groaning for that. And so, uh, so when Jesus returns, he has the, he, he also at his coming will also heal this earth. He has a, uh, uh, he has a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An environmental impact when he comes to this planet and, and takes over as a, as a theocracy as he rules this earth. And, uh, um, and so it'll be an incredible thing. So you don't have to worry about Greenpeace because you got Jesus who is the Prince of Peace, right? He'll take care of all that at the second coming. That, now, we should be responsible with the environment. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but it is nice to know that uh, that Jesus is going to have the most positive environmental impact of anything that you can imagine when he returns to this earth. And part of that's going to be this river of water that's flowing out of the temple. And I don't want to get too far afoot on that. This is really kind of review um, if you uh, listen to one of my, my last sermon on this subject. so But I just want to touch on that again. 
Because you do remember that uh, that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, and he takes away the sin of the world. Now, obviously, that's so important that we focus at this time on his ability to regenerate us from the inside out and, and seal our souls with the Holy Spirit of God. And as we preach the gospel, there's nothing greater than being born again uh, right now. That's incredible. But also in the context of Jesus coming, he's literally going to come and he's going to, he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the, the world. I mean, he literally handles all the problems of the world. And isn't that something really encouraging tonight as we think about COVID? Um, whatever weird virus this is, whatever, you know, bat venom, you know, whatever this thing is uh, that's running around attacking people, it hasn't got nothing on Jesus. Jesus will take care of it at one time or another. And so it's good to rest in Jesus Christ. And so uh, the difference is, uh, you know, Jesus Christ um, is the Lamb of God, and he will eventually be sitting on his throne in New Jerusalem. And the text is clear in this verse that the water will not only flow out of the throne. Look carefully at the verse. It says, and he, he showed me a pure river of water of life. It's not just a river of water. It's a water. It's water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God. And then conjunction, junction, what's your function? And of the Lamb. And uh, I'm always careful to, 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 to preface what I'm about to say here because uh, this is one of those things I, that I see that, I, you know, I don't. I didn't pick it up somewhere else, so I'm a little careful to... to uh, to put it out there, but I'll just put this out there for those that are listening. Uh, when he talks about the lamb, you, you know, Jesus died on the cross for our sin. You know, John the Baptist, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I already referenced that. I think the Holy Ghost is trying to tell us something here because in, in John chapter 1 and verse 29, when, when he's announced as the lamb of God, we know that the lamb goes to die on the cross for our sins. And when Jesus died on the cross, John 19, 34 is very clear that when that when they they stuck the spear in his side, sound booth, what came out of him? They don't know. I need real people here. I was somebody tell me. Somebody out there that's watching. Hopefully someone's paying attention. Blood and water. Blood and water came out. And so in John 19 and verse 34, the blood and the water came out. And uh, the water in 1 John 5, 8 is not a, tip, a typographical error um, when it's talking about the water, uh, the spirit. And I'll just mention that. This is a verse that, by the way, is attacked uh, by a lot of critical text uh, translations, by the way. But in 1 John chapter 5, and uh, verse 8, when the Bible says, And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. These three agree in one. I think there's something special about that water. Uh, not just the blood that came out of Jesus in John nineteen thirty four, and so um, and the water uh, refers <clears throat> references the holy blood of God that cleanses us from our sin. That's why Ephesians five twenty six says that we should wash our wives in the water of the word. And so obviously, you know, many people say you know Jesus had a sack of water around his heart or what have you, and when they stabbed him with the spear, the water broke and it came out and. That's all probably true. I, I don't know. I'm not a medical doctor. I just know that the Holy Ghost points out in John 19:34 wasn't just blood that came out; it was water. And it's interesting that that the Revelation 22 and verse one mentions that there's water coming out of the throne, but also there's water of life coming out of and of the Lamb. And so uh, I, I believe that's seen in type, of course, in Revelation or Genesis. I'm sorry, chapter two and verse 21. Because God took Adam and he opened up his side 
to bring forth his bride and life and that woman and that man come together to bring life in the, in the, to the human race as they come together. So God, there's a lot going on with the side of both Adam and that rib and also life coming out of the side of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But that's just something to think about. Those are things I, I like to meditate on. And, uh, and I'll find out more when I get to heaven about the veracity of those things. But in, in verse 2, it goes on to say, In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river uh, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for healing of the nation. So we see here a, a cycle. Of course, we work on a 12-month ci- uh, cycle today. But we see a cycle every month, whether it goes back to probably the Hebrew calendar, um, but the, the cycle, every month, the lunar calendar is what they'll be back on. Um, well, actually, there'll be no need for the sun or the night, so the calendar will be whatever Jesus says it is. But every month, the, the, there'll be a perpetual fruit. It'll be evergreen, so to speak. And uh, and so we have the tree of life. So that's point B if you got an outline. Point A is a river of life. Point B is there's a tree of life. And um, and there's gonna there, this is a pretty cool thing because we haven't seen the tree of life in connection with God's plan for man since Genesis chapter 3 and uh, verse 22 and 24. And by the way, I just, uh, I'm going to back up to point A. I might add, just remember John, uh, when in John chapter 4, when Jesus is dealing with the woman at the well, uh, he tells her he could give her the water of life. So just that's another reference you might want to scratch under point A. But as we talk about the tree of life, we're, we're talking about Genesis chapter 3 and verse 22 through 24. And I, just for time, if you're if you're reading your Bible here, open it up to Genesis 3. Look down at that passage in verses 22 through 24. And you're going to see it says, And, and the Lord said, uh, said, Behold, the man has become as one of us. Well, what's, what's he mean by that? Well, let's see what he says. To know good and evil. You'll remember in, in Revelation 2.17, or excuse me, Genesis 2.17. In Genesis 2.17, God told that, Adam and Eve, he's like, hey, guys, I don't want you to take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was a reason for that, um, because they couldn't, he, because he, that was knowledge that he, he didn't have ready for them at that time. He gave him all the other trees of the garden. He would much rather have them take the tree of life. The tree of life was available, but they didn't take that tree. You know, a lot of people today... In this world, you know, uh, the coronavirus is a big deal. We need we need all minds. We need all hands on deck. If you can come up with a cure for coronavirus, praise God. But at the end of the day, uh, even if you get cured from coronavirus, you're going to die physically. There's not a cure for death other than one cure, and that cure is Jesus Christ. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He is the He's the only solution for death. And you know what? That's why God prioritized the tree of life over the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because you can have a humanistic solution to all a man's problems, and you're just going to do what men like to do, and that's work, 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 work our way uh, into eternal life and find out we're going to fall short of the glory of God. God's given us eternal life. He's given the, He gave in the garden. He didn't say, hey, Adam and Eve, you need to work for the tree of life. He says, hey, the tree of life, it's here. You got all the trees of the garden that I may freely eat, including the tree of life. But you know what? They chose the, the, the knowledge of good and evil. So God takes this tree in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 22. It says, and, and the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life. He'd be stuck in that sinful, fallen condition and eat and live forever. 
Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Can you imagine being stuck in our carnal, sinful bodies for all of eternity? It would be, that would be hell into itself. I mean, that would be terrible. And God in his mercy removed the tree of life. And men, of course, had to face death, not just spiritually, but physically at that point. So he drove out the man and showed, I'm sorry, and he placed, uh, he drove out the man and, pl- and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way, the way of the tree of life. Now we see in Revelation 22 and verse 2, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, uh, was there the tree of life. Okay, so now we see the tree of life show back up, and it's obviously accessible, uh, and it's right there next to a river of life. And so that's an incredible, just that's an incredible picture just to think of right there. So the Spirit records that God quarantined sinful Adam and Eve from the tree of life. What a key word to use today. He quarantined them. We're doing this virtual service tonight because, well, we're in quarantine. Why? Because we're worried about a, a, a virus. God was worried about the virus of sin being contained and contaminating humanity. So he quarantined man from the tree of life. But we see that after Jesus not only deals with sin on the cross, but then comes back and takes control of the government, Revelation chapter 19, and then establishes his kingdom on this earth, then guess what? The the tree of life uh, will be available in eternity. What a beautiful thing that is. And this will this will benefit, of course, the tribulation saints, the millennial saints, uh, the, we will, we've already received uh, the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So being born again today is absolutely the most incredible gift you can ever receive. It's beyond what I can even uh, describe. Um, even Paul said that. It, it's, uh, it's exceedingly abundantly uh, beyond all we could ask or think. It's, out, it's outrageous how much God loves us and what he gives us when we trust Jesus Christ by faith. And so the tree of life was present and not forbidden until Genesis, uh, it was present and available until they fell and it was taken from the garden. So notice that there are, uh, <clears throat> there, there are now multiple trees on either side of this river of life. Uh, but, but there's nothing but eternal life. It's amazing. So for every tribe of Israel, for every soul in the kingdom and every member of the bride, there is a, there is that tree of life. And so, uh, the practical application here for the believer in Jesus Christ is that the word of God is also Obviously, a tree of life. If you go back to Revelation chapter 3, uh, for time's sake, I'm not going to read that uh, because I've actually covered this in a previous message. But though God's words, uh, the wholesome tongue is a tree of life, Proverbs 15 and verse 4. And I don't have those. You can write those down under, under point B, Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 18, and Proverbs 15 and verse 4. And so, uh, man, the word of God, the water of God's word, it's a, it's a tree of life. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of of righteousness is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. So we're sort of like, uh, we're sort of like, uh, we're able to to give out the the, the tree, the knowledge of good and evil was a problem. Now we have the knowledge of Christ, and we can go around and offer the fruit of our tongue. So you're in a way, in a type, in a devotional sense. Okay, let me be clear here. You are a type of, of, of a tree of life. Men in the Bible are likened to trees. And uh, when you follow Christ, it makes you like a tree of life. All right, so let's look at point C, if you're following the outline. Um, and at some point here, I do need to mention that there is a literal uh, application to this uh, for eternity future. So people will literally be taking of the tree of life 
in the millennium and and living forever in eternity future. It's going to be an incredible thing in physical bodies. We're going to have a celestial body, a spiritual body. That's already taken care of for the church. Again, you need to go back. I can't get into all of that right now because that would take us on a whole nother study, but we have covered all of that in the previous uh, sessions. But I'll come back around and point uh, another thing in this text out about the distinction between the tribulation uh, saints, um, the nation of Israel, and also the bride of Christ and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, even in the book of Revelation chapter 22. Okay, so number uh, number one, we're looking at the final look. In the final look, we see a river of life in verse 1. We see the tree of life in verse 2. And then we see the Lord of life in verses 3 and 4. Now, look at this. And there there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. Now, for those that think that Jesus is not God, uh, you do not believe the Bible that has been given to us from the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. He says he's God. The Bible is clear in the book of John. Jesus is God. There's no two ways around it. But here you see that his throne, the throne of God is the same throne as the Lamb of God. I mean, again, it's all it's all contained right here in the Word of God. Uh, the throne of God and of the Lamb uh, shall be in it, and, the, and his servants shall serve him. So here we see the throne of God. And, uh, man, it's an incredible thing. So Jesus is now on his throne uh, with his servants, uh, and that's a fulfillment of Matthew 5 and verse 8. Jesus in Matthew 5 gives the constitution uh, for his kingdom on the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, and so his eternal government really is set forth. You'll see it now instituted, uh, not only in the millennial reign, but also in eternity. Uh, he will be an absolute benevolent dictator of uh, not only the world, uh, but the universe. And so his servants will see him face to face, just as our faith uh, will soon be sight. Uh, so too, we will see him face to face as we do in his word today. So today, uh, we look in the word of God and we see Jesus through the word of God. That's why it's such a coveted thing to, to read and to hear and to behold the word of God. But then, man, we will. there's going to be people that see him face to face. We'll have already seen him face to face. But the government that he preached about in Matthew 5, will be fully enacted in its glory. It will be absolutely incredible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12, the Bible talks about that uh, we will not be convicted or wrestle with the flesh. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, But enjoy the intimate relationship that we have uh, with our husband, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, just let me just remind you of what that verse says. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 13, not chapter 1. First uh, Corinthians 13 and verse 12, the Bible says here, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. Now we also talk about how we have the whole word of God and we have the whole counsel of God's word. And we have all of Christ's mind right here. We've got his given it. He's preserved his word for us so that we can have his mind. And so, someday soon we're going to be caught up together with him. And uh, see him in there. We'll be face to face with him. That's a great promise to the church. But Jesus has now fulfilled his word. In, uh, in his, I'm sorry, his work in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 24 through 28. He doesn't give up his humanity, but his title as the son of man. And he steps back in under the Godhead as the son of God and now acts in unity. So God shall be all in all, as the Bible says. So at this time, we enter into the ages to come which is uh, spoken of in Ephesians 2 and verse 7. And, uh, and that's uh, forever, uh, f- that'll f- be f- uh, ever fulfilling every promise that Jesus has made. 
And so God is good for his word. And I'm going to talk about that, too, as we go forward in chapter 22. I've already covered some of this. so I don't want to take too much more time on it. I want to just kind of review it lightly. Uh, and the last thing we see here uh, under the final look is you see the river of life. You see the tree of life. You see the Lord of life sitting on his throne. And then you see the Lord of light. And I think this is important to mention in verse five. And there shall be no night there and they need no candle, neither light of the sun or um, sun for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. And so uh, here we see the Lord of light. God's glory will be manifest to the entire, well, not just the world, not even just the solar system. Uh, but now at the second coming, there's not going to be a need of the sun because Jesus Christ will illuminate. But I tell you, in the, in the, in the future, I believe in an eternity future, after the millennium, after Satan is dealt with, after he's cast in like a fire, death and hell are delivered up, and we go into eternity future. I believe that the, 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 whatever, I believe the crystal sea right now is covering the throne of God. Um, that gla- water is probably, um, you know, covering a, a frozen sea of glass, covering the throne of God, literally from the universe. Um, uh, again, I have covered that in previous messages, but just give me that. If that is the, indeed the case, then I believe in the millennium, or I mean in eternity future, that, that crystal sea will be taken away from the, the face of God, from the face of his throne. Because right now, I believe if there was some, not, not something blocking God's glory from the universe, we'd all just burn up. His righteousness would destroy us. We'd be in, we'd be in, in dire uh, condition. And so in, the, in eternity future, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That's in chapter 21. And, uh, and I tell you, when that comes, it's going to be a glorious, not just solar system, it's going to be a glorious universe. And he's going to light up not just the world, he's going to light up the universe. He is the light of life. And so it's going to be incredible. Uh, Revel, uh, in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2, the Bible speaks of how the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. And that's not just a, a metaphor about his glory. I believe that literally Jesus Christ in his full glory is illuminated so much that you can't contain his light. He is that bright, and both spiritually and, and probably even physically. And so uh, it'll be incredible. All right, so um, some verses to jot down so we can kind of keep moving here. Uh, is Psalms 39, well, Malachi 4.2, Psalms 36.9, Psalms 84.10-11, um, and uh, 1 Corinthians 15.41. And I had a lot to say about that, not only the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, but how his glory is revealed in us. Again, I'm going to ask that you go back to the previous sermon in our series uh, because tonight I don't have time to, to get into all of that once again. But you see those things uh, are so important because Christ in us, the hope of glory. I've already alluded to the fact that when we get raptured, right, uh, the day star will arise in our hearts. There's The day star is the sun, the sun, Jesus Christ, Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2, the sun of righteousness, the same sun of righteousness that's going to return to this earth, the same sun of righteousness is going to illuminate not just the, the earth, someday in the in the millennium, but also of the universe and eternity future. This is the son of righteousness that lives inside of us. There's, that's why Revelation tells us, man, blessed is he that 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 uh, heareth, that readeth, and keepeth the things in this book. Because there are some incredible revelations about who he is, and not only who he is, but who he is in us. All right, so that's the first point, the final look. But also now I want to talk about, this is really where I wanted to go tonight. 
because I've already touched on that first, those first uh, things in much more detail in previous message. So that was just kind of a quick review. So let's talk about the final word, the final word, Revelation 6, or I mean, Revelation 22 and verse 6. Let's just keep working our way through the text and, uh, and we'll, we'll, uh, we only have a few more minutes here. So, um, I'll uh, wrap this up here in a minute, but it says, and he said unto, to me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the, of the holy prophets sent this angel to show unto his servants uh, the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, this being the angel, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant of thy brethren, uh, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. And then he gives this admonition, and I think this is really important uh, for tonight. One thing that you can take away from this uh, this evening is is the last two words here, verse 9. Worship God. Worship God. And he goes on to say in verse 10, And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Hmm. Now that's interesting. I got some thoughts on that. Let's see how much I can get into in the time we have remaining. But the first thing I want you to see under the final word, Revelation 22, uh, and I only went to verse 10. I don't know if I'll get to 11 through 16. I may have to hold that over for next week. But in Revelation chapters uh, 22, 6 through 10, is that I'll be back soon. Behold, in verse 7, he says, I come quickly. Now, literally, Jesus comes fast. I mean, he's, he moves quickly. Yeah, he moves, uh, as you can see earlier in the book of Revelation, uh, the spirits moving around the throne are moving so fast that as John is viewing it, I mean, it's, it's just, it's lightning speed. It's the speed of light. God moves with the speed of light. That's why we get at the, we are changed in a, in a twinkling in, the, in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye. I mean, it's just like that. God moves at light speed because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. All right. So we kind of get that. We understand that. So he says, I'll be back soon. So he will literally, he'll be back soon. Um, yeah, but also he'll be back soon. I mean, it, it's coming soon and it's sooner than when we believe. And so, uh, a day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. Well, now we've gone a couple of thousand years of church history and, 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 uh, all the prophecies are practically, well, and all, and really they are almost all fulfilled. Uh, there's nothing hindering us from moving right on in other than the catching way of the church, uh, and a few other details. Not, not much hindering us from moving right on into Daniel's 70th week, uh, if anything, frankly. And so, so it's important that we understand that. We see in Revelation 22, 6, a reminder also of the testimony of Christ. And I, and I did want to circle back around because I touched on this lightly in my introductory comments regarding Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 6, it says, uh, And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord thy God... And the Lord, I'm sorry, and the Lord God of the, of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. And so we're reminded here of the testimony of Jesus Christ, the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I, I can't probably stress enough how important it is to get a hold of what the testimony of Jesus Christ is. And I, I wish I had some people in the audience I, that I could say, does anyone know what the testimony of Jesus Christ is? Does anybody know what the testimony of Jesus Christ is? All right. So 
Um, I need some like I need to get all the church members and just put your guys's faces on all these chairs. And I, that would be really cool. There's that p- post out on Facebook that does that. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, I think I need to do that. And uh, that would be that would help me. But uh, the spirit of prophecy, I know some of you probably know this. Uh, ultimately, to just make it simple, is the word of God. Jesus's word is 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 it's it's uh it's his word. His word is truth. John seventeen seventeen. God, Jesus Christ fulfills the word of God. He's the only person that has perfectly fulfilled the word of God. Why does he? He not only spoke it, but then he went and he has actually lived it. But what a practical lesson that is for us, not to just be hearers of the word, uh, but to be doers of the word. So he not only wrote the word of God, not only did he, he author it, he is the finisher of it. Uh, he is the author and the finisher of the faith. His, he is. He has the spirit of te- the, or the testimony. Um, his of the uh, his the, his test the testimony of Jesus Christ is that his word is true, and uh, the spirit of prophecy uh, requires that he would not lie. He would never lie, and so um, and I just quickly want to show you this in Revelation 19 and the second coming. The Bible mentions that he says, "I fell at his feet to worship him." And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am the, thy fellow servant and of the brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, in Revelation chapter 1, uh, at the introductory comments, this came up earlier when I was reading. In Revelation 1 and verse 2, it says, Who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus and of all that he saw? And so the testimony of Jesus Christ uh, is, verse 10 of Revelation 19, the spirit of prophecy. So what does that really mean to us? Well, what that means is, is that when God gives a prophecy, in Deuteronomy 18, if a prophet said something wasn't true, then you didn't pay any attention to him. Uh, you could even be killed uh, if you were a false prophet. So, uh, But Jesus Christ is not a false prophet. The things that he says will come to pass. And that's also important for us in a very practical sense, in a devotional sense. In uh, in Second uh, Timothy chapter one, in verse eight, let's turn back there and look at that real quick. Second Timothy chapter one, you know, Paul is is uh, given an admonition to his disciple in the Lord Timothy, and he says, "Be not thou there ashamed of the testimony of our Lord." Of course, our Lord is Jesus Christ. He says, "Don't be ashamed of his testimony, Timothy, nor of me, his prisoner." But be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And so there's an admonition that not only do we have the testimony, right? God has given us this testimony, but we're to be, you know what? We should be unashamed of this testimony. We should be sharing the testimony of Jesus Christ. Uh, The fact not only that Jesus came to this earth, died, rose again the third day, according to the scripture, is alive, but also that he's coming back. Jesus is returning. Uh, not just to catch away his bride, but to bring justice and judgment to this earth and execute wrath and uh, and restore the nation of Israel and put the kingdoms back in order and then to go on into eternity future after the millennium. All those things are true. Those are the, That's the prophecy of Jesus Christ. And so it's important. Now, um, that's interesting because there's a contrast uh, of the fruitlessness and the faithlessness of the the uh, you know the prophecies of uh, that are not. Faithful, unfaithful prophets, I should say. False prophets, that's the word I'm looking for. In the book of Isaiah, uh, God takes them to, to task in Isaiah 41. 
and I, I've scribbled my, my reference on my paper. I sure hope my reference is right. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 41 and uh, verse 26, uh, God says, uh, Yeah, this is the right. I want to make sure I'm in the right passage. In verse 21, he says, Produce your cause, saith the Lord. This is Isaiah 41, 21. Produce your cause, saith the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, saith the king of Jacob. Let them bring them forth and show us what shall happen. Let them show the former things, what they be, that we may consider them, that we may know, or that we may consider them and know the latter end of them, or declare us the things forth to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter, that we may know that ye are gods, yea, do good or do evil, that we may be, uh, that ye, that we may be dismayed and behold it together. Behold, ye are of nothing and your work of naught, an abomination is he that chooseth you. I have raised up from one, uh, uh, from the north and he shall come from the rising of the sun shall he call upon my name, and he shall come upon the princes as upon a mortar, and as a potter treadeth the clay, who hath declared from the beginning that we may know, and before time that we may see, he is righteous. Uh, yea, there is none that showeth, yea, there is none that declareth, yea, there is none that heareth your words. The first shall say to Zion, Behold, uh, behold, then I will give to Jerusalem one that bringeth good tidings. For I beheld, and there was no man, even among them, and there was no counselor that when I asked of them that could answer a word. Behold, they are all vanity, their works are as nothing, and their molten images are wind and confusion. And I know that's kind of a long passage to read, but God is really saying there that there is no uh, one with the spirit of prophecy. There's, he's rebuking the false prophets of of that era, and also it's a it's also a, an image and a type of the reality of of today. You have to be careful to try the spirits. Uh, there are there are a lot of false prophets today. There are a lot of false teachers. A lot of them are sitting at at uh, you know around tables right now broadcasting. Not me, God forbid. But I mean, there there's a lot of a lot of people out today that don't believe the word of God that are speaking on behalf of of God and they're misleading people. Uh, they're telling people that you send me money or, uh, give me, a, I'll send you a prayer hanky and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, solve all your problems and a name it, claim it type of gospel, a prosperity gospel. God forbid. Uh, God will judge that in due time. The Bible tells us that we should not be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. His word is true from Genesis to Revelation. It's absolutely accurate. Everything that he has said has come, that, that would come to pass has come to pass. Everything that he says, will come to pass, will come to pass. And the next thing on his agenda is what we're talking about, is is really catching away his church and coming at his second coming, restoring the nation of Israel in the process and setting up his kingdom that will last for all of eternity. So we need to remember that. So to all those who measure time by their minute, uh, you know, their little minute lifespan without taking into consideration the eternal nature of God, God provides one last warning. And that is simply that life is a vapor. We're just beginning, right? This is a, he's talking now about eternity. 7,000 years of human history, um, you know, is, is nothing. Uh, the pre-edemic time is nothing for God. Uh, the history of Lucifer and his fallen angels is simply the beginning of the story. It's not the end. 
And the Spirit speaks expressly now that these things are upon us. So we should be ready. Amen and amen. And so I want you to note, too, here in Revelation 22, in our text, uh, in verse 7, these things that shall come, shortly come to pass. He mentions, let me back up to verse uh, to verse uh, uh, 6 here, I believe it is. Yeah, at the end of verse 6, he, he mentions he's going to show these things to his servants. And he's, he mentions uh, again in verse 7, Behold, I come quickly, blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this prophecy and of this book. There's a context in which this epistle is also going to be read uh, to both, tri- in, well, in the tribulation, uh, to tribulation saints. So they're going to be very interested in what is to come. And, uh, and so even though we, of course, are servants of God, our time to serve um, is today. Uh, by the time uh, this, the tribulation comes, we're going to be judged for our service and we'll be returning with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, at his second coming to rule and reign with him. And so there is a context in which you do have to rightly divide the word of God and understand that uh, there's an application here in verse 6 and 7 and in this particular part of Revelation 22 that will be uh, particularly uh, appealing to those tribulation saints. Um, And then there's a part when you get over to Revelation chapter 22 and verse uh, 16, he says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto these things in the churches. He expressly begins and he closes this, uh, this whole this whole revelation of Jesus Christ with it given to the churches. The church has stewarded the revelation of Jesus Christ for the last 2,000 years. It will be particularly interesting to the tribulation saints um, because that is, that, that's what the nation of Israel is blind to uh, in, in the book of, uh, and really when you look at Romans, Romans is not just a doctrinal epistle to the church. It's, a, it's also a prophecy. It's a prophecy concerning um, what's happening among Gentile nations and also, the most importantly, what God's going to be doing in restoration of the nation of Israel. And so that's important as you rightly divide the word of God. So that's just a little tidbit I wanted to throw out there. Um, the fact that we sense an urgency right now is important. Uh, there's an, there's always needs to be an urgency, understanding that, that uh, uh, for us, we all know that if the, if we don't get caught up with the Lord uh, um, in the air, we're going to pass away. My, as I said, my cousin just passed away last night. He's 59 years old. Praise God, he did have a testimony of being saved. So uh, he'll be absent from the body and present with the Lord. But, you know, that's an important thing that we live life with an urgency because uh, you might think you're going to live 70 years or 80 years or 90 years, but you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And uh, I tell you, today is a great day to take advantage of the opportunity to share the gospel as we ought. So the fact that the, we sense an urgency is important uh, because it won't be long before the we're going to hear the trump of God and be caught up together with him in the cloud. So it's critical that we receive the blessings of keeping and the sayings of this book and, uh, and, and that we understand why we're really here, which is to not just to be blessed, but to be a blessing. Now in Revelation 22, 8, 9, the reality of the book brings us to that biblical point, which I mentioned earlier, which is worship. It's so important that we remember to worship God. Today in this world, worship is, is really what are you going to give our, or give ourselves up to? You know, in the book of Genesis, um, the first mention of worship occurs there with uh, Abraham and Isaac. And, and Isaac is completely um, submissive to his father, Abraham. And they went up to worship because an, an animal that was supposedly going to die, and it did. A lamb was caught in the thicket, a ram was caught in the thicket, and that became the sacrifice, a, a type of Christ. And so uh, that lamb that gets caught in the thicket, of course, is a representation of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ is God. So when we worship Jesus, 
we worship God. And it's so important that we understand that. In Revelation 22, 8 and 9, that's important. So uh, not only is it important that, that we understand that Jesus Christ is worthy of our worship, that he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So how do we best worship him? Well, Romans 12 makes it very clear. We give our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. I just did a sermon series. You can go back and listen on Sunday morning series. It's called Wholeness and Holiness. And it wasn't about what kind of clothes you wear or what kind of, you know, all these external things. It's really about having that understanding that our life is Christ and we need to give our life to Christ because it solves so many other issues in this life. So make sure that uh, you give yourself to Christ. Wholeness and holiness is so important. And he says, hey, worship God. Worship God. So important. And uh, in verse 10 there, he says, and, and he saith unto me, seal not, thy, uh, uh, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of the book, for the time is at hand. And so um, <clears throat> I just want to mention, I, th- I had a few notes on that. What did I do with them? I don't think I... I put them down here. Oh, they're in my they're in my margin of my Bible. By the way, this is a wide margin Bible. I, I like to use it, and I put the notes in the margin. That's a good way to kind of keep track of yourself. I just want to just uh, mention here uh, about this book and and the, the fact that it's not sealed. Uh, this says the, the uh, and he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. I find that interesting because, and this is just something to think about for those of you that are Bible students. Uh, some uh, surmise that, that this angel is actually, because uh, an angel just means messenger, that this angel is, is in actual reality Daniel. And, and the reasoning for that, <clears throat> I'll give you some verses, is Jesus himself tells us that, you know, um, that in Matthew twenty two thirty that uh, in heaven uh, we're as the angels of God. And that, that makes sense. And so I get that. But also Daniel had a prophecy, and he had a, a prophecy that was sealed, till the time of the end. And here we see this prophecy is unsealed. It's given to the prophecy of Jesus Christ, getting back to the testimony of Jesus Christ, was given then to the Apostle John to give to the church and is stewarded until the time of the end. So that's something to think about, as Daniel had a little book as well in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4 that was sealed until the time of the end. So something to consider there, I don't know. But I know this, uh, today it's not sealed. We are to be in the book of Revelation. This is a book that's supposed to be presented. Um, and by the way, if uh, another reason is it says in verse 9 that Daniel, uh, you know, that Daniel might fit the bill there is he's a fellow servant of thy brethren, uh, uh, the prophets, speaking of, of the prophets of the nation of Israel, and them which keep the sayings of this book. So uh, just some food for thought. Uh, that's maybe or maybe not who that is. I don't know. I'm not worried about it. Just don't do this. Don't worship angels. Worship Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, one of the things that's going to come, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. There's going to come a time when, uh, after the catching away, and who knows, maybe even before, uh, when angelic hosts could be manifest and people would have a tendency to want to worship them. God forbid, man, that is not the direction to go. We need to make sure we worship God. And the only way to know if you're worshiping God is to make sure you're worshiping the God of this Bible and you know the word of God. So that's so important. So let me, um, we're on page, we're on the second point, the final word. Let me give you the final word because let's see how much time I got left here. I think I can uh, wrap this up in the time we have. And let me run through this and uh, and wrap this study up for us. So uh, one of the things that we find is that um, not only is Jesus going to be, 
he's he's coming back soon, and he will be and and he will be um, uh, he'll be just. Um, that's point B, by the way, verses eleven through sixteen. Let's look at this quickly. And he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give. Uh, every man according to his work shall be. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they, here's another blessed, are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and they may enter in through the gates into the holy city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. And so this passage will... Um, will have a particularly important significance in both the tribulation and the millennium, as the right to the tree of life will be the key to living physically in the kingdom of God. So this is is why I believe the first three chapters of Revelation have a prophetic application to believers in the tribulation who are enduring the pressure of the Antichrist kingdom. Uh, there are many references uh, speaking of the tree of life and others which seem to indicate the spirit is is speaking not only to the seven churches of history, but prophetically uh, to bodies of believers in the tribulation period who will need encouragement. And so just uh, a lot of these things are going to be so applicable to those that are enduring uh, hardness. Revelation, or Matthew 24, 13, the Bible tells us there in the tribulation, salvation doesn't come by just simply saying, hey, Jesus, come into my heart and save me. The Bible says you must endure to the end and be saved. You cannot take the mark of the beast. Uh, if they do, they'll be plucking out the eye, cutting off the arm. And all those things are mentioned. It is very much a uh, your faith will be manifest by your works, and and so uh, that's why we don't want to enter into that time. We want to uh, we understand that Jesus Christ has already died on the cross. He's taken our wrath, and today is the day of salvation. You don't want to wait and gut it out because if you don't receive the grace of God now, you're certainly not going to suffer for Him later. But there's a lot of encouragement in these in these words, and I believe it has a lot of shadow and a lot of implication to, to the time yet to come. In Revelation twenty two sixteen, it's an important key for us to see the error of also satanic scripture, because when you get to verse 16, it says, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you, and we can, I'm not going to debate the angel, but he sends the messenger, the angel, to testify unto you these things in the churches. So the churches, first century church, this church, uh, this gathering, I am the root and the offspring of David, and I love the way he ends, and the bright and morning star. Uh, when you look up Isaiah 14 and verse 12, uh, they're going to they're gonna call Lucifer the morning star uh, instead of the, the son of the morning in the Isaiah 14 and verse 12. So uh, you got to be careful with which Bible even that you're reading because the Satan has a way of just simply twisting and changing things to deceive us. So be careful with that. God has a way also of fixing by faith as you believe God's word. He gives you very much clarity on what is his true word. It's a pure word. It's a river of life. It's a tree of life. All right. So uh, let me work through this outline quickly because I know we're running out of time. So the final word, I'll be back soon and I will be just. Jesus is also, he says, I'll be waiting in verse 17 and the spirit and the bride say, come. See, we're going to be with him there and let him that heareth say, come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. He's going to be waiting expressly. Um, speaking to us, and we are to be calling all to come. Right now is a great time to be calling all to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Uh, you know what? A lot of people, when you witness, they're not ready to, to take in the book of Revelation. But what you can give them is the words of, of, of grace, the words of the gospel. The, the book of, of John chapter 3 and verse 16, that God loves the world and he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for them. We need to be getting the gospel out now because that's what we're going to be doing for all of eternity is letting people know that God is welcoming them in. It's going to be an incredible time. Verse 18 and 19 goes on to say, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of this prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Hey, don't tamper with God's word. Don't mess with God's word. The key thing that Satan has done since Genesis 3 uh, and into the last days and now is tamper with the word of God. Here at HBF, we hold to the, in the English language, uh, the King James authorized version. Why? Because a lot of people had to bleed out and die for God to get the English, this Bible in the English language. And, uh, man, praise God for it. And so we're so thankful for God's word. And so don't let the devil mess with the word. When they start taking things out, twisting the word, and you want to kick that to the curb. Every new translation, by the way, is typically based off of the uh, what's called the critical text out of uh, Sinaiticus uh, or the Vaticanus, and so um, and so that's why typically all those errors just come on in with them, and they're easy to spot. But I don't want to get off on that too much today, other than to say this: hold fast to the faithful word that you've been taught. God's word is true, and we have a sure word of God. So He'll be waiting. Uh, he'll be watching. Uh, and man, you don't want to, you do not want to mess with, with it, with his word. The key thing that Satan has done is to twist his word and he will pay. Satan is going to pay as he's cast in the lake of fire for tampering with God's word. And so don't tamper with God's word. The last thing is, um, <clears throat> he'll be, uh, he'll be, uh, as he says, I'll be true. Look at verses 20 and 21. He that, he that testifies these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so. Come, Lord Jesus. I love Greg Axe. He always concludes his prayers. Uh, he's a pastor who spoke a lot into my life as a young man, a great teacher of the Word of God. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Man, when you have hope in Christ, there's really nothing that is holding us back right now from going to heaven other than our service to him now, sharing the gospel, which is what we need to be doing. So even so, though our job is not finished, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Would to God that we'd be ready for him at his coming. Are you ready for Jesus to come? If not, you need to get there. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. If you are saved, man, what a time. We need to be looking forward to what God has. We need to remember that God has given us a book to increase our understanding of who God is and uh, intensify our urgency in ministering the gospel in these last days. I just realized, guys, I did not do any of the slides. So you guys were watching, and you didn't get any of this. So I'm going to review through this real quick. Uh, you you can get these slides that I'm putting up right now uh, after the fact. Sorry, I shouldn't have used the clicker, but we're lighting the sound booth. So the guy, the worst team, the worst person on the AV team tonight is me. So forgive me. But uh, you can get online and you can get everything that I'm flipping through uh, on the final word. Uh, uh, this is the last points that I just brought up. I'll be back soon. I'll be just. I'll be waiting. I'll be watching and I'll be true. Isn't it good to know that Jesus is true? Man, isn't that, that's just wait to, you know, they just don't know what's going to happen. Man, you can just rest. And you know what? Jesus has got this projected life into a terrible situation. Someday, I, ho I hope soon, they'll come up with some sort of 
uh, cure for this virus, some vaccine. You know what they're going to do? They're going to inject that into your vein to, to mess you with your blood system so it can fight off the virus. You know what God did for this world? He injected himself. He injected Jesus Christ uh, through the seed of, 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 of Mary. So he brought, well, through the, it was the seed of God, but he, she, he, she, he was born through Mary and he injected himself into the human uh, genome. Uh, and, uh, and man, I tell you what, here he is. All, and he is the only one who's ever fulfilled promise, who has never sinned. He is the solution. He is the antibody for sin. He is the one who destroyed sin and death and gives us eternal life. Why in the world wouldn't you take him in? And how do you do that? You simply call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible is very clear about that. You come to the reality that really you believe what this Bible says about who Jesus Christ is, that he's God, that he died on the cross for your sin, and that he's alive right now. Uh, I tell you, when I was lost, March 25th of 1987, when I actually believed for the really probably the first time in, that I could remember as an adult um, that Jesus Christ is alive. He's not just a figment of history. He's not just a, a bunch of facts of the past, but he's in the present and he's in the future. It forced me to reckon with where I was at today. And if you don't know where you're at today with the Lord, man, today is the day to make sure you do know. And the Bible tells very clearly in the book of Romans chapter 10, all you must do to be saved is call upon the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord implies that Jesus Christ is God, understanding that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried the third day, and that he rose again the third day. He is coming back. The things of the book of Revelation are true. And if you want to, to conquer sin and death, you need to inject Christ into your life. You need to call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says you will be saved. I can't implore you enough to make sure you do that. What an awesome birthday gift that would be to me today on my spiritual birthday if you trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. So if you're watching out there, this is a, a broadcast to the body of Christ. I think probably most people, if they've hung with me this long, are saved and they're not probably hanging on to the gospel. But man, for those of you that are members of the church, man, make sure that you take the gospel out. Make it simple. Make it clean. Make it where people can get a hold of it. It's very simple in the Word of God. Let's get it out while we can because time is short and we need to be about understanding who Jesus Christ is, and then being very intense uh, and, 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 and urgent about ministering the gospel in these last days. It's so important that we do that. So, um, man, you know what? When Samuel was a little boy, uh, I used to sing it to him every night. He's probably glad I don't do this anymore. But I used to sing, um, used to sing this song, um, Amazing Grace. And one of the one of the verses in that song says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. You know what? Because eternity has no conclusion. What we do in time is extremely important. Because eternity has no conclusion, what we do in time is extremely important. Make sure you really take advantage of the time that you have to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to love your neighbor as yourself, to fulfill, not just, you can't fulfill the great commission if you're not fulfilling the great commandment. And so make sure we're given a great invitation. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. All right, so that's our study tonight. I'm going to have a word of prayer in just a minute, but uh, it looks like Ray's got somebody I need to talk to. Time is short, so we'll go for, let's do this. Ray, you've got people wanting to ask questions? Well, Pastor, I was going to ask you to go over uh, the plan for Sunday for the Lord's Supper again. Okay, let me do this. Let me have a word of prayer, and then I'll do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for this time today in the Word of God. I pray as we uh, wrap up this time in the study, Lord, that uh, if there's anybody watching that 
uh, Lord, is, is really convicted about what the Word of God says about what we've talked about tonight, Lord, they would act, that I would act, that we would act upon the Word of God. We thank you and praise you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and so in conclusion, um, if you are uh, wondering what we're doing this Sunday with the services and the Lord's Supper, just run that by you one more time. Um, we are not going to meet uh, in the building um, for services other than those that will be recording, like myself, live feeds, uh, so that, that we were meeting with 10 and under in the ABFs. The ABFs will be broadcasting at 9 o'clock like they did last week, uh, but we're not going to have a, a small gathering. Okay, so uh, that's to meet the, the new requirements. The intention is not to bring people out of their homes, but to keep people in their homes. So we're going to honor that um, and, uh, and be blameless there for the next several weeks. Hopefully this thing will lift in a few weeks. And that's, that's exceedingly grievous uh, to many because they really covet the uh, interaction physically with the body of Christ. And I, I do too. And I really, by the way, HBF family, I really miss you guys. I miss the interaction as you can probably tell. Um, and so, uh, so we love each other and that's awesome. And we need to, but that's the way we're going to go at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock will be just like last week. We'll have a, we'll project out like we are right now, except I'll be standing up preaching. And, um, and then, uh, on Sunday night, we will at five o'clock, everybody who can or wants to, um, and I've ran this by the, the health departments. They're good with this plan. We will gather um, everyone in the in the uh, parking lot. And if you can put a space between you and the car next to you, that's ideal. That way everybody's spaced out. There's no, you know, nobody's speaking out the window and getting anybody infected and all of those things. And so, uh, so but, you know, we'll do what we can do. If we fill up the lot, that would be awesome. But I, don't, I doubt that'll happen. So uh, however many people decide to come, uh, obviously, your nuclear unit, whether that's you and your wife, you and your wife and kids, or you and your grandkids, whoever, whatever you're, you're doing in your, your, your uh, self-quarantine type of mode, bring them in the car to the parking lot. At, at five, pr- try to get there probably before five, but at five we're starting. Uh, I will have a, uh, we'll have a time of praise, uh, a brief message, a preaching, and then we're going to observe the Lord's Supper together. And so uh, we were supposed to do that this Sunday anyway. And uh, I did not want to cancel it, so to speak, or postpone it if I didn't have to. And so I called the health department, and they actually were encouraged with the plan that we had. So uh, I ran uh, through the details of how we're going to execute it. They gave me the thumbs up. So we're not doing anything clandestine. So if you're worried that maybe, you know, doing this is somehow breaking the, the ban, it is not. It's, per, it's completely permissible uh, under the current order uh, as of this last order that came out. Monday and went into effect Tuesday. Um, you know, obviously if they declare some other more intense order between now and then and, you know, whatever, maybe something would change. But right now that's what we're planning based on everything. And I think it's going to work. Health department's aware of it. And I don't see any reason why we can't execute on that. So uh, let me pause there. Are there any questions about that? Is that somebody was probably wanting to know about that or um, that's good to rehearse that? No, it was just more. We had some people join us late. But we do have a lot of people wishing you a happy birthday for yourself. Yay! I'm born again. Yeah, things would have been different. So praise God. I'm glad I'm safe. Well, it's been fun getting together in this format. You might, uh, if you want to, you know, if there's something you wanted to cover in Bible study, I do have a few QA type of, uh, uh, you know, nights planned. I don't think QA is best over the, the, the Internet because it's hard to get people's feedback. But 
Um, I do. I could definitely in the next several weeks address any concerns, or if you want me to address a particular topic, I could be happy to consider that as well. So, I think that's everything we got tonight, Ray. Um, uh, so, um, God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for any questions that you put up, and uh, or any any uh, comments that you have. Uh, and we're glad that you joined us. So, God bless you, real good. We'll see you next time.